acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One, two, clink. Cheers. Cheers. That's literally my line. Who says clink out loud? Cheers, girls. One, two, three, clink. Or one, two, clink. One, two, three, cheers. Welcome to Crying in Public. Hey, guys. Hi. The enthusiastic podcasters. Do, 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 do. Um, yep, yeah, guys. Hey, hello. Uh, we're starting sober November, and it was technically, 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 it was supposed to be sober October, no shave November. What? But we switched it up. You know, sober when October. Did we, when were we planning on not shaving? Oh no, no, not like us not shaving. Just like the concept of no shave November, and then like sober October. Yeah, uh, so it doesn't sound bad, but I didn't know that was, like, a thing. I didn't know either until yesterday when we went to, Mom and I went to Jane, and our waitress was like, because, oh, well, you know, she obviously offered us, they do brunch shots now. Mm, no. Have you ever heard of the brunch shots? So crazy. Anyway, so we told our waitress that, and like, no, we're not going to drink today. Like, we're just going to get mocktails because we're doing Sober November. And she's like, no. And I was like, how are you going to tell me no? Like, yeah, we're doing Sober November. And she was like, no, I mean, like, that's valid. But, like, it's supposed to be Sober October, No Shave November. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, I had no idea. I guess it's, like, the burr part. But there's the er November. Okay, rhyming aside. And, and it's not even that bad. So I realized, like, I don't even necessarily, like, like alcohol. Mm. Like, I think it's just, like, a social thing. Like, of course, the two days I need it. Or not need it. I want it. I can't have it. Because I usually never want it. But, yeah. I just, like, I only drink because it's social. It's such a waste of money. So, I'm glad that I'm not drinking. I saw this one girl on TikTok not drink for, like, a week. And she said that she was, like, working out and staying healthy and yeah. learning, like, healthy, healthy coping mechanisms. And she lost that. weight. I'm and not I'm doing like, all that. I'm just <laughs> not drinking. <laughs> baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, like, if I'm not drinking for a whole month, I'm not going to just, like, start working out. Because, like, I'm going to concentrate on not drinking. I don't people have the time. I mean, I also have, yeah. like, three jobs, applications, school, and a thesis to do. So I don't have enough hours in the day to even like do, do that. Do let that. alone work out. Let alone go work out for f- three hours to, for for what? Yeah. I mean, I guess to look good and like be healthy. But like, <laughs> I already wake up early to try and get stuff done, and I still go to bed without everything done. So I don't know how people do it. Uh, we are not discouraging not working out, but here's but what I should, will say: you should work out because it's healthy. But we're just not going to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to once I have the freaking time to. Yeah. I don't. But also, it's like, here's when I'm going to start working out, like, religiously. It's going to be when I get a personal trainer and when I'm rich enough to do, like, rich people things, like Pilates. 
That's when I'm going to start working out. Will Pilates be that kind of thing where, like, everyone does Pilates is already skinny. Yeah, like, genetically skinny. Yeah, so they're like, I swear by Pilates. Like, I swear by genetics. <laughs> See, I don't want a personal trainer because they're going to yell at me. And I'm gonna be like, I, I'm paying someone to yell at me. Nah, I can do that to myself. Nor. Absolutely not. <laughs> but Sober November's go. I mean, we're on day three only. Gotta admit. Sarah's drinking tomorrow, everyone. She's breaking it. It's been, no, we already decided before Sober November even started that I would get three exemption days. Girl, three, okay, you got ex- exemption week and two exemption days. The month is only four weeks long. That's half the month, girl. Like, we're going to a wine event tomorrow. I'm just not going to drink. And we're all going out afterwards, too, but I'm not drinking then. Yeah, I'm, not. I'm, I'm dedicated to this. I need yeah. it. Cindy's more dedicated than I am, and also, I think it's a little hard, because we went to a restaurant tonight because my mom's in town, which is a very good lead into our topic. But before we get into that, my mom is into town for like a few days and we went to this like restaurant. It's like some white tablecloth, like $4 sign restaurant. And we go and we're like, we literally like look at the wine list. Like we go to open the wine list and then close it. And I'm like, oh, why am I doing this to myself? And then I was like, the reason why I'm doing this to myself is because I phrase a question like that. Because if I didn't need to moderate my drinking, I would not have asked myself that question. You know what I mean? Like I would be fine with not drinking for like five days straight at a time. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a very good thing. And I'm very proud of myself for sticking it. Um, But yeah, that's a really great lead into our topic today, which is family and parents and siblings. Because I feel like on the podcast, we've talked about like friends and sex and like boyfriends and relationships and stuff like that. And like school and like partying in New York City, but we've never really talked about family. Before we get started on anything, I have a huge announcement that has just recently like we're working on finalizing the details right now, but we know for sure that it's happening. We are having an event in New York City in December. So keep your entire month of December open. Don't plan any going homes for Christmas. Don't plan on seeing your family. Just kidding. No, it'll be in early December probably, but we're really excited once we have further details finalized because like we think we know where we're gonna have it like what day but just like once we confirm everything we'll let you know probably this Sunday in the mini-sode but we're so excited to finally be having an in-person event in New York City in December is what we can say right now bing bong bing bong the witch is dead witch old witch that's ding (laughs) dong yeah we have very different (laughs) paths with that that's funny so I don't know what it's like to have siblings tell me what it's like I can't imagine being an only child I feel like I'd be so bored yeah like, I don't want to take all my parents' attention on me. I'd be like, I want to cut my head off. Because, like, well, I have four siblings. No, I don't have four siblings. I am one of four siblings. But, like, I had a very unconventional, like, uh, family, dynamic, family dynamic growing up because my parents got divorced when I was three. And then my dad – so I, I switched between both my parents' houses. Like, I would spend Monday to Wednesday at my dad's, Wednesday night to Friday at my mom's. Saturday and Sunday switched every other weekend. So, like, having to, being, like, a six-year-old and having to, like, remember your dance costumes and your dance shoes and, like, all this stuff every single week was so freaking annoying because I would forget something every week. Like, they lived five minutes apart from each other, so, like, it was easy, but I was like, Sydney, and I'm, like, I'm literally <laughs> six years old. But, so that was what it was like from when I was three years old. Well, a lot of stuff happened that we're not going to get into, but um, since I was, from my, when I was three until my sophomore year of high school, I think, sophomore? freshman sophomore and then sophomore year my dad moved to LA for work and he like lived there with my stepmom full-time so I would only see my dad on like breaks so like uh Christmas break sometimes like part of the summer and like maybe Thanksgiving that's probably it and so with my mom full-time and then my junior year my sister moved to college so it was just me and my mom so I had like a lot of different combinations growing up because my oldest brother is 34 now. That's crazy. My oldest sister is 23, 24. And then my little brother's three. So, like, at some point in my life, I've lived with, like, every combination of my siblings possible, which is weird. But like, I also, like, don't really remember it. Because, like, my brother I didn't really talk to. I mean, he was 13 years older than me. Like, what are we going to talk about? Stocks. <laughs> and then my sister and I are three years apart. And Sarah can attest to this. We cannot be in the same room as each other. <laughs> like, we were at each other's throats constantly. She just, like, 
PM people say like, oh, you're getting on my last nerves. She's on every nerve. She, <laughs> every she, one of she's your beyond l- the nerves. <laughs> like we just we just don't get along. Like it's just, like sometimes it's weird. Like we'll go like uh, 15 years of fighting. Then we'll have like one a week where like we're good. And then it's 15 more years of fighting. We're in the 15 years of fighting right now. But um, it's very weird. Like obviously my siblings, I vibe with all of them. I don't talk to my older brother that much. I mean like I do when like I need to. Like hey, what's up? But, like, we don't talk, like, every day or every week because, like, why? My sister, I don't talk to that much either unless we, like, are gossiping about our family. And Cole, my little brother, he's the cute one. Um, He's really living, like, the only child life right now, like, yes. at home by himself. Yes. All siblings are, like, a million years old. But <laughs> that's my that's my dude. He doesn't really talk, so I vibe with that. He just listens. So where were you during quarantine? You were in LA, right? With your with Cole. Yes. And See, that was the only time I've ever lived with like just me, my dad, my stepmom, my three year old little brother locked inside a house for <laughs> three months straight. I was because like, LA was even more strict than like New York, right? About because it wasn't even that. It's like my family. Because like in New York, no one cared. Like everyone's like, I'm gonna go out anyway. But like I was with my family, so I couldn't just like go out drinking. Like I cared. So I, I was not partying with friends. I wasn't, like, doing, like, basement parties or, like, going out for drinks. Like, I was in my house. We did not leave for three months with the toddler and his terrible tooth. Oh, my God. It was the best form of birth control anyone could ever give me. Like, double swallow pill. Absolutely not. That is so funny. But so- sometimes I forget, like, mega like mega forget that you have a brother because you never like an older brother I mean like I, forget because he's the age difference is so much yeah, I mean and he, he doesn't has, live in New York so he has kids that are like five years younger than me yeah um no they're 10 years younger than me but um I, yeah it's weird because like he's just so much older but like it's nice like I talk to him sometimes if I need like advice on something or like when I am home we're both really into politics like we'll talk about stuff like that but it's like this man has like a 401k and kids like what are we gonna talk about stocks again like yeah, i don't like, know hey i gotta text them sometimes but like it's more like what are you getting mom for christmas i don't know when to go on a gift together yeah that's what our conversations are like <laughs> but like we vibe i vibe with everyone kind of just my older sister we're just too close in age we're the only girls and like we just fight for attention obviously i deserved it the attention mm. because i'm me mm. but she always had to take it always had to take it like i was the baby of the family for so long so like seeing cole come in and get the attention it's like what Where, where's mine you know that's so funny because hearing you and Taylor like talk on the phone and then hearing you guys like hearing like like stories that you tell me about you and Taylor and like when you guys were little and stuff like that I like did not expect her to be like the way she was when I met her because I'm hearing it from her sister's point of view but then I met her and she's like hi Sarah yeah. she was so nice and I was like oh my god it's like, called being wicked <laughs> Ooh, wicked I need to use that to start describing people I don't like like it's weird it. it's like okay i don't know what's wrong with our generation mm-hmm. but um we, we have this thing where like we take a lot of negative words and make it into positive words so you can never tell like when they're being negative or positive like yeah. i told these i was telling sarah this like happened a couple weeks ago these two girls came up to me on the street and it's funny because i was leaving class and i looked awful and i saw these two girls I was like wow they're stunning i hate myself like i literally said that i'm pretty sure out loud and then they came over to me and I was like, oh my God, did I stare too hard? Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Oh my God, what are they going to do? And they're like, oh my God, are you Sydney? And I was like, what? And they're like, they listen to the podcast. And I was like, oh my God, stop. <laughs> and stop it. I was like, you guys look insane. And they kind of like, like looked at me for a little second. And I was like, no, 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 like insanely good. Like you guys look really good. Like I was scared you guys look so good. And it's got really awkward because I kept saying like, yes, <laughs> I mean insane, good, not insane, like bad, not insane, like mental hospital <laughs> insane, but like good insane, you know? Or like when guys are like, oh my God, she's so bad. Mm. Or like, I don't know. Like why do we make bad words good, but you can also make them bad. Yeah. But like not, you know, like Six? wicked. Like you look wicked. That could be like you look wicked yeah, like good. You look wicked. You look, like wicked good, wicked, or, or wicked like you're literally evil. Yeah, you know? it's it's also the same thing with saying something is like sick, but that's older. You know, like that was that was a thing like in like 1980. <laughs> like, that's the oldest example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, I it's not related, like related, but non-related, but kind of related. Actually, it's very related. I was on the phone with my boss today, and um, he was like telling me some kind of like upsetting news like like some eye roll news so i was like bruh like i i literally forgot who i was talking to because like me and my boss are really close so like me and him were talking just like casually and he was just like telling me stuff and i was like bruh 
Because that's what I say to, like, everybody. And, like, I got that from my boyfriend because he says bruh. Like, every other word that comes out of his mouth is bruh. Because he's a So I was talking to my boss and I said that. And he was like, did you just call me bro? And I was like, no. I was trying to explain to him that, like, I wasn't calling you bruh. Like, I was saying bruh like someone would say, like, ugh, like, darn. Like, bruh. Darn? Yeah. <laughs> you, you would say something like darn it. <laughs> yeah. I say, uh, you know what I do say? Cool beans. Yeah, keep that what? one in the draft. My grandpa that's says like, cool That's beans. like 2013. Um, greater than three is like a heart. And like rar means I love you in dinosaur talk. And uh, flip did your grade school have like coolio? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I remember like I back before, because I was one of the first people to have a phone in sixth grade. I got this sick purple phone that like slid up it was a baddie but um but no one else could text me so we would all chat on gmail like Mm -hmm. that was how we all communicated and i remember this girl and i got into a fight because i started using hey with three y's and it caught on like wildfire and i was like no 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 that's mine that's my signature did you start the hey with three y's i mean in my school nationwide yeah okay some things i did start nationwide like smush i started can no one say they started (laughs) smush that was me and it started like wildfire but like I was telling Terry this a couple weeks ago, I think I can pinpoint when like the Gen Z influencer started, and it was Boom Snap Clap, because someday someone made the Boom Snap Clap like um, diss, and then it, like just everyone knew it. Like how did when did you learn Boom Snap Clap? I learned Boom Snap Clap I don't know. in college because a lot of people learned it in camp, and I never went to you camp. Girl, so I, learned I was in like college. six. Really? Because when a girl w- was doing too much, you'd. Never to oblivion. So Sarah doesn't count because she grew up in like the Netherlands or something. But when you were in Belgium, a, you were in America. Um, you learned that when you were a kid and like yeah. lemonade, crunchy ice, or like categories. Like, oh my god, what was your childhood? I don't. You're know. in baguettes in the Netherlands. Um, you learned these, and I didn't go to camp. Yeah. But I was also the trendsetter, so like I knew them. And yes. the question is how? I think because I had an older sister, but like whoever started those and created influencing. You've always been a trendsetter since I've known you. I really have. You know what else? I think you started like a countrywide, the like mm, emoji. I, I did do that. I think you did. I did. And also the white heart emoji. I kind of made that a thing. Yeah. What else did I do? Because before, but like it, it's funny because before I saw the mm, puppy dog eyes emoji anywhere, you sent it in the group chat. Like I remember the day, like I remember the moment when you did it next to something you said, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of trendy." Like I want to do that now. Yeah, no, because the day it came out on that new iOS update, I said, "I'm gonna abuse this." <laughs> and so I put it in every text, and then they called on. Oh, this thing too. Oh yeah, and the gabagool hand. Yeah. I use that for everything. And I feel like people are like you're not Italian. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> I use it to be it. funny on like TikTok comments that like I comment on other people's videos, like da da da, and I don't think anybody gets it. Like that might just be a like a. New York thing or an us thing because like I don't that's why people know what it is maybe maybe you think it's sign language every single and I do this to people in person too like the da da like the Italian hands thing and nobody gets it everybody's like why did you just do that I feel like unless you are I don't got it like that you have it like that I do I think because when you grow up ugly you gotta like okay so this is the thing I was not I I was fugly I like I was fugly duff fugly and especially in like elementary school like Mm -hmm. my eyebrows were one it was one brow um it wasn't giving anything actually and i needed to assert my dominance in some way because i ran that school and it was through trend setting you know it was through dance battles on the playground that's what it was in middle school in elementary school and probably in high school well because here's why in middle school i like in early middle school i thought i was sharpay evans yeah you could not. not tell me i was not ashley tisdale like throughout the i was ashley tisdale I thought you would have been too giddy for me. I don't like, girl, turn it down. No, yeah, like, because I looked like a mouse, but I acted like, um, like a freaking. Like, I thought you were like a girl that looked like she snorted pixie sticks before she came to school, but she'd be on 10. All the theater kids at my school would come on. I'm like, it is 7 a.m. Why are you dancing in the hallway? Yeah, so, like, and for, that was cute for me. In first through third grade, I was the most popular person I know. And then I kept that Sharpay Evans facade. And then I became that weird kid who, like, uh, um, galloped on the playground. Like, that was me. Uh-huh. And I know. Oh, God. I would have I I <laughs> came for your life. I, I would have came for your that life. That was me in fifth and sixth grade. Then I moved to Pennsylvania. And they all put a stop to that real quick. Because then I learned what bullying was. And I didn't like it. I didn't like to be on the opposing side of it. So then I... 
So then you became the bully. Became the bully. <laughs> and I was Sharpay Evans again, and nobody could tell me I wasn't. I remember I told this one girl, I was like, I your necklace on, like, uh, because I was I did that Mean Girls thing, and I just watched Mean Girls. I was like, I love your necklace. And she was like, Oh, you still do that. <laughs> and, but then I was like, but then I told her to her face, I was like, just kidding, I lied, it's ugly. And she was like, my dead grandma gave it to me, and I never did it again. Oh, Sarah, I'd be going, so we'd be in an event, and Sarah would telling everyone, you are just so cute. I love your dress. I'm like, girl, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. See, I just be, and then the girl will look at me and she'll look at me. I'm like, mm-hmm, hi. <laughs> I'm not about to lie to you. But um, yeah, I do think sixth grade was my peak, just because like sixth grade. Yeah, because in sixth grade I wasn't on social media. There was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. There was no TikTok. Like I didn't see what I was supposed to like think was pretty or like popular. I just knew that like I was the baddest bee on the block, <laughs> and I acted like it. Yeah. And then seventh grade hit. Instagram came out. The ugly hit, the ugly stick hit me fifteen times in the face, and I was humbled. I was, I was truly humbled. I couldn't, min- I couldn't hit my skirt. No, I couldn't. I just couldn't. You know, no. I was no longer the bee on the block. Um, speaking of family, I'd like to tell this story. Quietly. <laughs> not, speaking, not speaking of family at all. Oh my God, <laughs> let's let's change the subject now. About it in the episode topic. <laughs> Speaking of something we did not Wait. talk about this entire Speaking episode. Speaking of Sarah's laugh, I had to edit out 10 minutes of Sarah <laughs> literally hyena crying out of the last episode. I left about two minutes in, but I had to take out about 10 minutes straight. Yeah, because um, one of our interns snorted when she laughed. And it's it's the cutest snort. It literally made my heart. It I was, was like, oh. so funny and the cutest thing ever, but like I just didn't expect her to snort. So when she snorted, I laughed for like 10 minutes straight. But it wasn't even like my hyena laugh. It was like my my windex dying walrus in a blender laugh like it was the ugliest thing ever so thank you for taking that out something that makes me crazy is when people say well i had this career before but it was a waste and that's where the perspective shift comes that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now this is she pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Okay, so moving on, let's talk about family like in the transition from high school to college because I'm an only child, so I know that like my parents when I moved to New York, they were because I mean, I've always, you know, I've lived with them my whole life obviously and like we were moving from like country to country and like I don't have any siblings and like no long-term friends. Like I don't have a friend that I knew since like kindergarten or like first grade like all of my friends that I have right now man like asking first grade <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a great point to break because Sydney thinks tell me I'm if you can hear Sydney knows okay Sydney knows Sarah's doing this so we watched we rewatched that show Hollywood on Netflix <laughs> that's about like what would have happened if they were like inclusive during the 50s in Hollywood yiddy yiddy ya and do like they talk they have like a vocal coaching lesson or like the ladies talking about like transatlantic accents and how like they aren't a real thing but it kind of has remnants of british accents so it sounds like refined and ever since that episode sarah has been talking like that all week and i'm like girl we were talking to her, she's like yes darling i'm like what are you what are you talking about but now like random words that she says she says in that accent and she doesn't see it or hear it but what she says when she does it my mind just goes what I don't I cannot tell for the life of me like you were like did this and I was like oh my gosh I want to know she like sounds she's from Connecticut was it a specific word it was the first grade <laughs> I was like why'd you say it? like you're in a layer keep calling me I'm like I'm in a layer like, you I'm... record it when you um, when you okay. edit this episode listen okay and it was when I said first grade first grade <laughs> I was like why are you saying it like that did I say first grade no, wait, pause and listen. Okay. If the thing is, like, you've never done like that before at all. It, it literally started the day we saw that Hollywood episode. I've, I've been hearing you say it. That's so funny. That's so funny. And you never notice either, and that's what kills me. <laughs> my theater kid, my like, my th- you know how people have a reptile brain that they always kind of, like, just do things because that's, like, human nature? That's my theater brain. You have, your other part of your theater brain is when you do the theater eyes. <laughs> and they scare me. <laughs> Every time, okay, number one, when Sarah sings, she usually, unless she's singing like a pop song, she always sings like Broadway style where it's like, you enunciate every word. And she does these eyes. She does these eyes where like she doesn't blink for like three minutes straight. And it's, and she wears lashes too, so it scares the shit out of me. I'm like, girl, are you staring like that? Wait, 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 we have to tell that story. Please oh tell it. So this is like when Sarah and I were first becoming friends. Which makes it so it much makes it more so much embarrassing. Worse. So like, we were friends, but like, we don't like, we wouldn't like go hang out by ourselves. Like, we had classes together. <laughs> no, not in a bad way. No, like, I know, I know. Like, Sarah and I were good friends, yeah. and like, we had classes together. Like, we wouldn't go out to like dinner by ourselves at this point. Right, yet. or like drinks. Like, yeah. we just go out in a group. We got in a group where like, we'd have class and get Starbucks before, but it wasn't like, we weren't like super, super close yet like we are now. Right. And so... Um, we were going out and Sarah was really drunk, I think. You were really drunk. I was me. so I was so drunk I couldn't hear myself breathing or feel it breathing. Like, and this was the time where like so I drunk. still didn't really drink. Mm. So like I was extremely sober and that's what makes it a million times worse as well. And so we're out and Sarah pulls me aside like from the group and she's like, Sydney, I have to like show you something later. Because Sydney was talking to me about boy problems. Yeah, so I was talking about my boy problems. I thought I had a cure. And she was like, she's like, Sydney, 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 I have something to show you later. Like it'll be fine. Just remind me later. So I get back to her apartment, yeah. and I was like, Sarah, what'd you have to show me? She brings me into her room, she closes the door, and she's like, sit down. I was like, oh, what's about to happen? And so I sit down, and she just breaks <laughs> out so seriously in this Broadway song. And, like, I can't even, like, picture it. Like, I'm, like, at this point, I'm kind of buzzed. So, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, 
should I be looking at her? Should I, should I be looking at my feet? And and I, she's saying the entire song, like from top to bottom, on the top of her lungs, doing Broadway eyes at like three o'clock in the morning. And I didn't remember what song it was. And the song made no sense. And the song made no sense at all to the situation. I remember what it was. What song was it? Um, I never heard it before. But I was like, what the? I've been waiting for you. Yeah. Ooh. And she sang the entire thing like full out. And then at the end, I was like, should I, I clap? <laughs> should I say thank you? I remember she just hugged me, and then I left. And then I got home, and I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and I was talking about it all the time, because I was like, girl, that song had no relevance to the situation. What are we talking about so here? so funny. Because I um, would get, like, freshman year, I, had, I did this cute little thing where I got, sophomore year, sophomore year had this cute little thing where I got really drunk and really high at the same time. And I thought I could jump off a building and live. So like when I, I thought I knew everything. Like I thought I was invincible and I thought I was Jesus Christ. So when Sydney is over here, you know, like telling us about her like man story and like how it went south or whatever, I was like, Sydney, I have the cure. So I brought her into my room and I thought that by singing her this song, I would give her a revelation. Like I thought she'd be like, oh my God, I don't need men in my life anymore. I'm a free independent woman. This whole That's song, what I thought it would do. I was <laughs> didn't thinking do that because I was song. so drunk. I was like, what is the relevance of this song to the moment? <laughs> and the fact that like, she didn't even like sing like one verse. Baby sang the whole song top to bottom, yeah. like Broadway style. And I was like, I don't know where to look. I don't know, what to, I don't know how to react. And I was like, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And you're like, you're welcome. I really <laughs> hope that helps. <laughs> so yeah, that was definitely something. When people ask me about like embarrassing moments, I used to be like, oh, I don't really know. Like, I feel like I don't really get embarrassed that often. Um, that is the most embarrassing moment of my yeah. life. <laughs> it, it was just like tangentially awkward. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. It was just like, I don't know what to do right now. I can't remember being so embarrassed as I was I when you, I woke up the next yeah, morning I'll, and I realized what I did. You were like, <laughs> okay. No, okay. Oh, and then I stopped smoking. <laughs> I guess it's just not, not a good thing for me. I'm just so dead. Back to family. <laughs> Yeah, I still don't know how we're getting off all these. I don't know, but it's fun. I don't know that one. I don't even know how we got to that. And you neither. Something with the something about the Broadway eyes. I don't know. Continue. I don't know either. I think we started transatlantic accent, Broadway eyes, embarrassing moment. But so, um, when I transitioned from high school to college, my parents had like severe emptiness syndrome. Um, my mom still does have severe emptiness syndrome. She comes to visit me like every week, every other week, and we like call every day and stuff. But. It, the transition was just like interesting because I don't really have anyone who like I was long-term friends with so my parents were like my only lifeline back home or just like not even back home because obviously I had friends in the place where I lived before New York like and I had high school friends and stuff like I'm not that much of a loser but like my parents like uh, my parents like were just so solid like they've been there my whole life we were traveling like when I was little we went to you know we were in California and like we moved we didn't stay in a single place for more than two or three years until high school so right so they've always been like a constant so I'd heavily rely on them when I went to college which was nice and also they only live like an hour and a half drive away from New York so it was a really easy transition like in that sense but at first it was totally hard and they didn't take it well how did yours go like how'd your mom feel when you went to college well I was Tammy. her last child so she had empty nest syndrome but she kind of thought that I was gone because I was getting on baby's nerves you really? um because my sister and my mom were really close because like I lived with my dad so I lived with my mom and I switched back and forth so like I think just being me with my mom she was like uh, get out but um what were we talking about? oh yeah family it's weird how opposite our like growing up growing up child <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Growing up. How? Growing up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you literally. I can't hear it. Me. I can't hear it. Um. <laughs> opposite or growing ups? Yes. Because opposite. Stop it. Sorry, it's literally calling. I don't know why you're talking like that. Um. This is what happens when we guys when we can't drink. Um, because you were like always with your family like tight knit like consistent it was like just you three like my households changed so many times like first it was me my mom my dad my sister and my older brother then it was all of that minus my brother then it was me my sister and my dad's 
me and her at my mom's. Then it was me and her at my mom's, but just me at my dad's. Then it was just me at my mom's and no one at my dad's. Then it was college. So it's like I've had so many different living situations. Like it's never been consistent. Mm. But then also I'm opposite in terms of my schooling because you bounced around a lot. But like I've gone, I went to preschool through high school with the same people, like the same 60 people from the time I was two until I was 18. So like all of my friends back home I've known my entire life have known me since I was like baby in diapers crawling, which has been like, there's some ups and downs. Like you know too much about the person where it's like, ugh, you know, <laughs> but also. Like do I really like you or do I just know, know you? you? But it's also nice in the sense that like when it comes to like going through hard things or like in times like bonding, that person's known you like through thick and thin. They know you. Like they really, really know you. So like that's super nice. Cause like I know I'll always have like lifelong friends in that. Like my best friend Chance, I've known like forever. And like Ashley, I know since I was two. So like when I have my wedding, like all people there to like have known me since I was literally in diapers. I'm, like that's nice. But um yeah, they also know all your business too. Like dang, you can't forget something, something <laughs> once in a while. Damn. Oh my god. But yeah, it's weird because like my schooling was so consistent, but my family life was so inconsistent. So I feel like I both affected me in weird ways, but I think in terms both made me very, very, very independent. Like I like to spend time alone. I like to do everything by myself. I'm very, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm controlling, but I'm like type A. Like I know that like if I need to get something done, I'll do it myself. Like I don't need to have like help from people because like having so many siblings and divorced parents and like being the only not problem child, I had to do everything on my own. You know, like I, I couldn't rely on anyone to help me for things. So I think that's why I am the way I am, why I'm so high strung all the time and always so stressed about nothing. <laughs> you know, I still find myself like calling my parents for like little things that like I should know how to do or like not even that. Just like I just feel like I call them a lot to just like depend on what they have to say because like just they like we do how like it's just always been that kind of dynamic you know what I mean like they never let me do anything by myself Ooh, like when I was 16 years old I, I could barely drive anywhere because my mom was so worried that I get in a car accident and stuff because I was the only child so something happened to me like everything's over and so that's really depressing but you know it's just like little things like that so I never really had that kind of autonomy so it's that is very interesting point I'm opposite in that sense too like I've been doing my own laundry yeah doing the dishes mm-hmm. cleaning the house ironing my clothes uh, fixing my uniforms like hemming fixing them like holes all of that stuff packing my suitcases like all that stuff since I was like six or seven mm-hmm. like, I had to do all that since I was like a kid so like it was so weird to me that like I would get to college and have like like my freshman freshman year roommate or like friends like who couldn't do laundry or like that must be a white people thing because <laughs> every black person I know has been doing shit like that since mm-hmm. they were like seven but I was thinking because our parents didn't play that shit like mm-hmm. You'd be like, mom can't, no. <laughs> like calling doctor's appointments, making missed appointments, like all this. I do all that myself. So like I can't, I, I have friends who still call their moms and like, can give me this appointment. And I'm like, I wish. Like absolutely not. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish I had that, obviously. That would be nice. Like, But I think also it pushed me to be so independent. Like I don't need anyone to do anything. Yeah, that's really great. I like that you, you know, have all those experiences and that's like led you to be such like a, you know, autonomous woman. I said that word five times, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm totally one of those people like my mom and my dad or my mom, not my dad, did my laundry and like did the dishes and like obviously like I helped because like I'm not going to sit there and not. But like when I got to college and had to do laundry for the first time by myself, I was like calling my mom. I was like, what happens? Where do I put this? You know what I mean? Because it's just. Like, it's, it's totally different, you know? It's just crazy. <clears throat> it's, it's really wild how, like, how people grow up can kind of, like, shape the way they are as adults so much. Because a lot of people say, like, it's important how people don't take seriously, like, how you, like, raise your child will affect them when they grow up. Like, a lot of people don't take that seriously, and they're like, oh, they're a kid, like, it won't matter. But, like, it totally does, and it helps shape who you are, like, for better or for worse, and for, you know, to be independent, dependent, like... It's just so interesting to think about that, especially in my childhood, because, like, I think, like, I'm just so in my bubble, and, like, I'm used to one way of thinking, and then I hear about everybody else's experience, and it's just so different. So it's interesting. Especially hearing my mom saying, like, all growing up, like, oh, all moms do this. Like, all moms do this. You know, could, you know, like, oh, you don't get mad at me nagging you, because, like, all moms nag like this. You know, and then that's just so, like, not true. Like, everybody's parenting styles are completely different. Everybody's parenting styles are completely different. 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I also want to talk about like parent and sibling conflict resolution, because obviously I can only speak on the parenting part, but... My mom and I, since we're older now, like the fights are way worse. Do you feel like that? Or do you feel like when you were kids, everything would just like blow up and then now it's fine? Oh, I feel like blow up when I was a kid. Yeah. Because like, well, especially when I was the only person in the house. My mom was very, not, yeah, she was strict. All black moms are strict. My mom is strict. My mom's black and Asian. So I got like both of those, (laughs) those intersections right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah like, I couldn't go party I couldn't drink all the stuff in high school I mean obviously you're not supposed to drink in high school mm. but like girl I want to go to homecoming party or product party and it's always sitting where are you sitting where are you blah, 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 blah. oh my god and I think because she's used to having three kids in the house and it was just me it was like all that tension was on me now and it was like we used to fight 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 really? 
if now we only argue if it has to do with my sister or if I'm not answering the phone. Mm-hmm. So, oh, God forbid she calls me and I don't answer. She will text me 30 times. Call me 30 times. Text Sarah 10 times. Text my friend Chance South Carolina 10 times. <laughs> saying, where is Sydney? Girl, Sydney's asleep. How about that? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, when I was a kid, obviously, like, my parents and I would fight. But, like, it was always about, like, such, such like, dumb things. But now, like, my mom and I fight about grown-up things. So it's so much worse. Like because also my mom and I have like temper issues so like we'll just like say things we don't mean and like really hurt the other person's feelings but like now that I'm older and I have a better like sense of like what can hurt my mom's feelings like when we scream fight like I just know to say all those things because maybe it'll get her to like walk away or like it'll get the argument to like kind of settle down sooner so we can get to a conflict resolution sooner it's so interesting because like my two closest friends growing up you and Chance it just kills not to make this a race thing no, but okay. the way that I see my white friends talk to their parents always befuddles me. Mm. I can't even say what to my mom without it being like, I can't even look at her and open my mouth after she says something. She's like, are you talking back? But then like, I'll see like, my friends are like, like, oh my God, you're a cunt. And I'm like, <laughs> if I ever, not even like insult to my mom, but if I even was like, like, I can't think of like, and there's nothing I could say to my mom. Like, nothing like i remember last week when sarah and i got in a fight at the restaurant and i was like mom like just stop stressing she said you just tell me what to do i was like oh let's go let me you hit me through a phone <laughs> but it but i think it's also a culture thing because mm-hmm. like in like black families i think also just immigrant families in general i think because parents are so like traditional that like we can't curse we can't say what we can't say like anything to our back to our parents but i feel like American families or like white American families, like the dynamic is different. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. So now they hear you. I was, I'm like, what? no, yeah. <laughs> Don't- <laughs> you said what? You did that. <laughs> I, I, I could not imagine. My parents would slap me into next week. That's so funny because ever since I was like old enough to comprehend like what an argument was, my main argument to my parents has always been like, treat me like an adult. Like I'm an adult. Like I always kind of thought of myself as on their level. So like when we got into fights, it wasn't more like parent to child. It was just like you're a person that I'm arguing with, which is yeah. so funny that that's not your experience. Girl, it's never gonna be my side. They're gonna be I'm gonna be forty and they're gonna be like, excuse me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> But also, like, and a big thing is, like, child-rearing. Mm. Like, with white families, it's, like, poom-poom or, like, tap-tap on the finger. A black family is just the belt. <laughs> it's it's the belt. It's the paddle. Mm. And I remember, like, my friends would be like, oh, my God, like, I got sent to, like, timeout. Or, like, I got poom-poom. I'm like, girl, I got poom-poom-poom-poom-poom. Poom-poom-poom. You think of pow-pow. Because <laughs> I used to get when I was little. Oh, no, Chance got poom-poom. Oh, oh. Man, white families, huh? I know. <laughs> Holy shit, we got poom poom, pow pow, and then pow pow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it's like the, this yeah. the culture of like growing up. Yeah, it's so different. Because even like some of my friends, they're they just never fight with their parents ever. And I'm like, what do, you, what, do, what do y'all talk about? Or they just like don't have any conflict ever. That's so funny because every single time my mom and I get, in, my dad and I fight. But I swear to God, it's always his fault. But when I get in a fight, I swear to God, it is always his fault. But when I get in a fight with my mom, it's equally our fault. Like, every single time, it is just, like, super duper 50-50 equally our fault. And we both say really hurtful things or whatever. But then it's so funny because after the argument, we're both like, how are we not going to argue like this again? And then we're like, okay, we're going to do step one, step two, step three. And then we never end up doing those steps and then the cycle just goes on and on and on in the coercion cycle. I think it's because you guys are so close though. Like yeah. I'm not, I don't have that really kind of like best friend relationship with my parents. Mm. I mean, I'm close with my mom. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, right, I'm close with my dad, but it's also like I'm 21. Like who's progressing with their dad? So it's kind of weird. It's also really weird energy. Yeah, um, I'm definitely not. Like I'm close with my dad, but I'm not like besties with my dad like I am with my mom. But yeah, I mean, like, definitely my mom and I fight like sisters would fight. My dad and I fight like I'm fighting with, like, a homeless man on the street. Like, literally, because it's, like, literally pointless. Like, <laughs> I can't, like. But like yeah, if I was my dad, I just go, yeah, mm-hmm, you're right. Mm-hmm, yep, yep, hang up. Yeah, that's what I do with my, I just, like, can't care enough. I feel like you tell your mom everything to the point where, like, you guys have stuff to argue about. Like, I tell my mom a lot, but I don't tell her enough to, for us to have stuff to fight about. Mm. Like, my sister and mom are that close, but, like, no, nah, I keep my business to myself because <laughs> people be having opinions on stuff. My mom and I, 
we get in fights about like boys and like private things that I don't, you know, I wouldn't even get in fights about with like my friends because it's like just on a different level. But it's interesting. The coercion cycle of coercion <laughs> because it starts out like, and it's really interesting. I'm learning about it in my psychology class, but it's like, it starts out with like a situation. Like someone does something that bothers you. So then you call them out and you're like, hey, can you not do that again? And that person like gets really defensive because they're like, well, I didn't mean it like that. And it's like, well, yeah, I get that. That wasn't your intention, but like that hurt my feelings. Or just like something happens, like something sparks it. Then one person like gets overly aggressive, like escalates the situation when like they don't mean to. So then it becomes like two per- people's fault. The person who said the hurtful thing and then the person who overreacts or escalates the situation. And the other person has to react even more. So it's just like, more escalation and more escalation and then finally someone breaks and then it's just like mutual uh, reinforcement and then everybody calms down so then like but see how that's a cycle like nobody you know putting it out putting the flames out immediately is like called extinction so like not even choosing to engage like this isn't a dumb fight let's not have this fight take a deep breath hold my hand and let's move on with dinner and like have a great night like that's what we should do and just like is this really that big in the scheme of things but like you want to be right so bad and like you you're so close with someone and you're just like I just yeah like you just someone gets like through your skin because they're so close to you so they know how and so then it's like this whole escalation thing and like that's the cycle of coercion so I feel like it used to be an explosion like it used to be like explosion like in my family Mm -hmm. I'm to the point where like I know I'm right and (laughs) no like no like not even like in a cocky way but like I think I have the most common sense in my family um and I'm just I think I'm not even like I'm always right I'm just right usually and they will try and fight me and I've gotten to the point where like it's a waste of breath to try and convince them of things it's like you know what go on for your ignorance let it let it simmer let it bubble in there in that hot air balloon and I'm gonna go on with my peace when I have fights in relationships or like fights with my family or even with like friends I just don't care anymore <laughs> like Terry can tell you like I'm like yep you're right mm-hmm. all right bye because I no, I don't have the time. I don't have the patience anymore. Like I have, I feel like I'm grown now. I have shit to do. I think I don't have the mental capacity to fight people anymore. Like it's, you know what? You're right. You're so right. I don't even know how to comprehend it. Like you are just so right that you should go on with your life. I'm going with mine. You know, like when like even like when my ex pick a fight with me, it's just like, yeah, you're right. I don't care. Go. I don't have the I don't have the energy to waste on adding to the fire because I have my own fires to like care of I can't look after five fires is that how it works I remember the day I decided I was like gonna stop fighting with friends in particular and that day where me and a bunch of friends were in a group chat and everything was blowing up everybody was getting mad it was all crazy and this one girl in particular wrote this entire like six paragraph preamble to the constitution essay about like how much just like accusations after accusation and like me arguing with her and like disrupting my peace to reaffirm someone of something that I knew was true and that she would never realize is true because she's so stuck up and her head is so far up her asshole touches her colon she would never physically understand that she could possibly be in the wrong like it's just someone who thinks that they're right 24 7 constantly it is no fucking use and so when we were in that group chat I just had this realization because I had this whole thing typed out where I was like you're an idiot if you believe this and like you're a psychopathic whatever and then I was like why do I even care like I know who my real friends are I know who is important in my life and I know that the quality of my friends is way more important over quantity so I just like literally didn't say anything and like blocked everybody that's where the blocking started because I'm like go fuck yourself you do love to block I know I know you don't agree with me on the blocking thing but I love I don't disagree I blocked some people we blocked the same people but um, the exact same people people. but it's true I mean like sometimes you just gotta wipe your hands clean so I completely agree with you in conclusion about like when it's disrupting your personal like inner peace it's not fucking worth it Mm. all this we had like a like a theme for this episode I just don't know if we like we kind of just went maybe we should make it family and friends because we talked a lot about friends too right because you talked a lot about, like, that embarrassing moment with us when we first became friends. And then, I don't know. I don't know what your description's going to be. But yeah. <laughs> that's for you to figure It'd out. It'd be doing its own thing. Cindy's a brilliant writer. She'll figure it out. Cindy does it, all our episode descriptions, guys. She's the best. I just find it so disgusting when men have more than 500 followers. Like, what are you doing that you need to be have that many followers? Sus. You know that TikTok sound that you love to quote? It's like, um, are you a girl? No. These are for the, like, this is for the girls only. Yeah. That's funny. Like, why do you care about Instagram so much? Oh, my God. This man on the side of the street today, my mom and I were walking through Soho. 
he was like screaming at people like getting in and, and it was only girls like going up to girls faces and be like screaming at them and he's like he was like what so he was saying like what's so wrong with you that like you're going to ignore a, another human being on the street like how dare you that makes you an awful human being people like that it's people like that like you're so delusional you are a, a six foot four man coming up to women and you're sweaty and greasy and sleazy and women don't want to talk to you and you you're thinking it's because it's it's because they're ignoring you or it's you're taking it like oh it's because i'm a nice guy and you don't <laughs> like it's like yeah People like that just get me. It's like you can't understand why a five foot four woman doesn't want to come up to you, a six foot four man, and engage in a conversation with a, you who are sleazy and you're just a bad person. I remember this guy so took a picture of me and then he tried to stop me and I told him it made me uncomfortable and he was like, "We could just say that instead of ignoring me." I was like, "I don't." I I was like, "I was like, I don't owe you anything." He's like, "Yes, you do." I was like, "I don't know you." I do not owe you anything, nor yeah. does any woman. I think men have a feeling like they're entitled to something. Yeah. Why? Because you're a man? <laughs> no. This guy um, once told me, like, to smile in the street. Like, usually that doesn't bother me because, like, I kind of walk down the street. Like, I'm a very, like, happy, bubbly person, but you, like, wouldn't be able to tell from the way I walk down the street. Um, but, like, I so I kind of, like, have this kind of stoke. Because I don't want people to approach me. People love to approach me on the street. And I just want to, like, walk to class in peace. And it's a long walk to my class. So I just kind of, like... Also, I read online that, like, you're less likely to get, like, harassed or, like, on the street if you just, like, have this kind of, like, stern, like, just, like, like walk. I mean, there's only so much you can do. But, like, I just read some statistic that said that. So now I do that all the time. And so I'm walking down the street and some guy passed me and he was like, why don't you smile? And then I ignored him and he was like, I just gave you a compliment. Like, what? Are you going to respond? Like, I th- I, you're pretty. Like, respond. Like, don't ignore me. Oh, my God. You know, it's just, like, literally makes me want to lobotomy myself. (laughs) I literally look at him, and I literally say, ill, and I keep walking. You look like Charlie Brown. Like, can't stand it. Goodbye. And my mom's here, so we're going to go watch this movie with Julia Roberts. It's going to be, what is it? I forgot the title. Nottingham? Something Nottingham? I don't know. If you know the name of the movie, let us know. Nottingham? Notting Hill. We're gonna go watch Notting Hill. I've never seen that, so I don't know why I knew that. That's super. Well, you're very good with like pro- proper pronoun, proper nouns. You're very good with proper nouns. What? Like <laughs> names, funny. remembering names, and like and like like names of anything, like names of like cities. I think because like, I see them, I don't forget them. Yeah, but even like names of cities and like names of places, like you're very good at remembering, and I'm so not so. And like street names and like city name, like I can't. I don't remember stuff like that. But Julia Roberts is in it, and she's one of my faves. So I'll let you know how I like it. And goodbye. And oh yeah, you. If you want to keep listening, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeart. And if you want to follow our social media, we have Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Crying a Public Podcast. So just don't forget to type in that podcast at the end if you want to look us up on social media. Thank you guys so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned to our mini-sode this week for more event details. We're so excited. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts